That's it, folks. I am sold. I think the Aggies are the dark horse to win the SEC. You are locked on Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to us by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com or enter promo code Locked On College for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. We'll talk more about Bird Dogs later. All that is true, and the hat is awesome. I want to start today, folks, real quick by just saying yesterday's episode did historic numbers for me. It was my best show to date, and the only I just can't tell you all how much I appreciate you all tuning in on a day-to-day basis. Um, I mean, I couldn't do this without you. At that, If it wasn't for you guys, I'd be doing this, and, and no, but nobody's out here watching it. So, folks, I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate you all tuning in. It means the world to me. I love getting to do this for you all on a day-to-day basis. So thank you so much, and I can't wait to do this till the end of time. So, folks, like I said, thank you so much for everything. I could not do it without you all. Dark horse to win the SEC. Here's the situation. Okay. Here's the situation. A good friend of mine, Zach Blackerby, uses the term bug. And that is a term I hadn't heard before, but it it's like means we're excited. We're excited. We're bugging. Okay, folks. And today we're gonna do a little bit of bugging. The Aggies by on three were listed as the dark horse to win the SEC. I agree. So the other day, the Locked On podcast, um, the Locked On SEC hosts recorded a SEC preview show that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. I'll let you all know when that's coming out. It'll go on my feed and stuff. But we recorded that, and there was a they did like a contenders section and then a everybody else section, and I was in the everybody else section, which I get that. Obviously, I wasn't upset about that. But then we kind of everybody went around and, and picked their dark horse team to win the SEC. And a, a handful of people said the Aggies. Um, and even the locked on SEC host, uh, Gordy said the same thing. He was, he was like, Andrew, I might have you talk because I think you guys are the dark horse. And this is, I mean, I've been saying it for months and months, folks. I, I think this Texas A&M team is the dark horse to win the SEC based off of, I think truly it's based off the boomer bust nature of this team. Now, the other thing I think it's based off of Alabama and Tennessee, I'm sorry, Alabama and um, LSU being the two teams in the West that, I mean, I think are going to be the the big dogs in the West this year. I'm not, I'm high on LSU. I'm not as high on Alabama, but I think both of those teams are beatable. Normally you go, you get ready to play Alabama and you're like, okay, well just write it down as a loss. I don't feel that way this year. LSU, I, I'm i closer to feeling that way about LSU, but the Aggies beat them last year. I mean, it's – so the point is, I think that, you know, it's in SEC football, it feels like if you lose one game, you're done for, especially when you're playing against Alabama because they go 12-0 and every year. I think this is a year where you could drop an SEC West game 
and get some help and and still make it to the to the West uh, to the SEC championship to face Georgia. And I think that yeah, that's that is in the cards for the Aggies this season. And the real reason, folks, it's I mean I've talked about it. It's based on two things. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to cap how many things it's based on. I'm going to not going to cap the limit. I'm going to I'm going to keep rattling them off. Bobby Petrino is number one. I think the Bobby Petrino's development in the second year of Connor Wigman is number two. The third is this offensive line taking a step forward. We're going to talk about the offensive line here in segment two. I received some comments on yesterday's episode. Great comments, great insight, talking about the offensive line and their uh, people's concerns with the offensive line. So I'm going to just make my case for the offensive line and why I'm not as concerned as some. And then I'm curious to hear y'all's feedback. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But I think this offensive line takes a step forward. I think this defense stops the run. If Here's the deal. If all four of those things happen, this team can make a college football playoff. If Bobby Petrino does what I think he's going to do, if Wigman takes this massive step forward, the offensive line is great, and the defensive line stops to run, I think this team can make a college football playoff appearance. If two, three of those four things go our way, I think this team could make an SEC championship game appearance. If two of four, I think you win eight games. If one of four or none of these things happen, I think you have another explosion like we saw last season. And, I mean, folks, that's the funny thing about it is, is when I say that this team is the dark horse to win the SEC, I mean, I think that your front runners, based on the show that we recorded with the Locked On Podcast Network, it was LSU. They threw Tennessee in there, which is uh, – but they threw Tennessee in there, LSU, Georgia, and Bama. Those were the four teams that were part of the contender so, I mean, of the teams that you could argue are dark horses, I mean, you could say Ole Miss, some might say Arkansas. Um, Arkansas was a team I listed because I, I felt like it was like I couldn't vote for myself. I couldn't vote for the Aggies, even though that was, I think, the correct answer to the question of that grouping. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that, to me, I don't see Tennessee as a contender. I just don't. And maybe people disagree with me. Um, and I'm not really down on Tennessee, but I just – they're not – here's the deal. I mean, you have to beat – I think Georgia's the best team in the SEC. I think that LSU's kind of right there with them, but a little bit behind them. And I don't think Tennessee is going to – I don't think Tennessee is going to make an SEC championship game appearance simply because of the fact that they are behind the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't think they're going to dethrone them this year. So I think the Aggies, you know, you, you have those – you have you have three games that are are really really tough games in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers in LSU against the uh, in LSU against the Tigers and then Bama at your place. If you find a way to win one of those two games, the rest of the games on your schedule at Ole Miss, I, I've gotten some you know pushback on that. I'm not super concerned about the game. Obviously, it's a game the Aggies could lose. I get that, but. Not as high on Ole Miss as some others. Um, I talked a little bit about that in our in our um, SEC preview show we did. But I'm not as high on Ole Miss as some. I think the Aggies take care of business there. I think they beat Arkansas. I think they beat Auburn. I think they beat the, um, Mississippi State. I think they beat South Carolina. So uh, those are the five SEC games that are not your super crazy tough ones. Then you talk about the Tennessee, Bama, and LSU game. 
The Miami game is another one, but like I say, folks, you can drop that game and it's not going to hurt the SEC stuff. You can still make an SEC champion, SEC championship game appearance losing that game, but I still think yeah, you take care of business there. I mean, here's the deal, folks. You have to look at it like this. I think that we, we talked about it. The Aggies are going to be favored to win eight of their 12 games this season. The four games are not going to be favored to win are Ole Miss and then the three tough games I talked about. And the line on the Ole Miss game, I just checked it. It's like a point in, in favor of Ole Miss. So people, I think, and it, it opened up a little bit bigger than that. So people are, I think people are starting to like the Aggies more and more. Um, but no, I, I, I think, like I said, those are the four things. Coach Petrino, his offensive mind still functioning at a, at a high rate of speed. The Connor Wigman taking a big step forward. Um, the offensive line being better than it was last year. And then the defensive line stopping the run. And you could throw a fifth in there and say the running backs replacing what Devon A. Chain did a season ago. I think that is another final run to add in there. But, I mean, here's the deal, folks. All I can do is report and talk about what I have seen and read from fall camp. And all I have seen, um, Jay Arnold, who we had on the show a while back, a uh, friend of the program, awesome guy, he's hilarious. But he just tweeted something along the lines of, He's 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 sunshine pumping. He said, "Guy guys that needed to lose lose bad weight lost the bad weight. Guys that needed to gain the good weight gained the good weight." And he's feeling it around this team. And you know, I I always trust a guy. I mean, as much as I trust the media and I trust all that, I trust somebody that has been there, done that before, and understands this game at a higher level than than anyone else. And that's someone who played for the Texas A&M Aggies back in the day. He seems high on them, and, and I I respect that opinion. So. I mean, I like uh, so we'll say those five things. I think if you get three to three, three to all five of those things clicking, this team can can make a run. If all five of those things click, I think this team can go to a college football playoff. Now, I don't think all five. I mean, here's the deal: one of those five things isn't going to go our way. That's just the reality of even the best football teams have struggles. You know, every football team, no matter how good or how bad you are. You're going to have struggles at times. You're going to have things you're not great at. Even the best teams have that. So what is that for the Aggies? We'll have to see. If I had to like pick what it would be, I, I guess if I had to pick of all those, I'd probably have to pick like the running backs. Because I don't the offensive line has to be good. The defensive line has to stop the run. Connor Wigman has to be good. And Bobby Petron has to be good. The running backs, I think they can just be serviceable and you can be okay. They don't have to be a strength of this team. So, but then again. You all know how much I like Ruben Owens. I, I I don't have much of a concern about him struggling, folks. But the point is, people are going to see this. This is going to be my closing remarks. This is my, I don't know what you call it. There's a term for this in the in the lawyer talk, but I don't know it. But beside the point, people are going to, you know, watch this video and, and, and laugh at me in the comments. And people are going to, and I get all that. I get all of it, folks, but at the end of the day, this is what I'm starting to pick up on. I think that people that don't, that aren't Aggie fans, like you all, the 95% of my listeners, and every, you know, people that aren't Texas AM fans, don't follow the program, know about this team. I, I don't think they understand how good this team can be. I think people are so quick to be like, well, they they under they underperformed based on expectations. That means they're gonna be bad this year. That's not always what that means, folks. That is not what that means. This team is primed to make a run based off some great coaching hires and some talent that is out of this stratosphere. This Texas A&M team is the dark horse to win the SEC. 
And if those, if, if four, three to five of those things that I talked about click, I think this team could potentially make a run to Atlanta to play the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC championship, folks. I am really, we are so close to football. I can't wait to be right. I'm going to be right. And the Aggies are going to be dang good, folks. I am absolutely out of this world excited to see Texas A&M strap it up and go pop some pads on the field, folks. This team's going to be special. I really feel that way. But let me know in the comments, folks. Let me know. How do we feel, Texas A&M fans, everybody else fans, too, that are listening? You, you're, you're, you're allowed to have an opinion here, too. How do we feel? Is, is on three right? Are the Aggies the, the dark horse to win the SEC? Am I right? Are the Aggies the dark horse to win the SEC? Do you feel the same way? Do you feel differently? Let me know in the comments. I appreciate all viewpoints. And, I, and you know, I've been doing a lot of commenting back, folks. If you disagree with me on something, you know, Tell me why I'm curious. You know, I mean, you can tell me, you can tell me you just disagree, but tell me why I'm curious. I love hearing it. Tell me why I'm always curious. Um, so I'm excited for this 2023 football season for the Texas A&M Aggies. The offensive line, folks, I'm going to make my case for why this unit is going to have a good season. I've, I've heard, seen some comments. People are, are not liking the offensive line, have some concerns. That could be true, but I'm going to make the case for why I think this unit is going to be just fine. Coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I have got to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win a regular season game. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. All right, folks. Super Bowl winner. We talked about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. Um, I said the Chiefs yesterday, so we're going to be bold today. We're going to say the Bengals. I have some family that's some Bengals fans. I don't mind the Bengals. I'm, I like Joe Burrow a little bit. I don't, I don't mind them. I don't mind the Bengals one bit. So, Say so the Bengals are going to win, are going to win the, uh, I about said the SEC championship. That's theirs. Are going to win the Super Bowl. You have to, you have to dethrone the Chiefs. You have to take down some good football teams. But I think Joe Burrow and company can do it. If you think so too, go over to FanDuel. Put your, put your money where your mouth is for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And every time they win, you win. So, folks, I'm telling you, I like that idea. I'm a Bengals guy here, I guess. Now, Bengals, we are we are pro Bengals on this show. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, folks, offensive line talk time. I am going to make the case for this offensive line. And it's going to be based on a couple things. The starting offensive line that we project, I project, Trey Zune, Cam Dewberry, Bryce Foster, Layden Robinson, Ruben Fothery. Quick little housekeeping on these guys. Um, Cam Dewberry, there's been, he, he's been subbed in and out with Mark Naboo um, so far throughout the fall camp. So we've seen Cam Dewberry going in and out. I still believe that Cam Dewberry wins this job, but I, I'm a Mark Dubu guy, a Mark Nabu guy. I, we talked about how the, the 2025 commit for the Aggies, um, Moses, how, you know, 
Don't sleep on these guys. And Mark Naboo is a great example. Why I like it. It's the underdog story. I am we we are we are big time fans of Mark Naboo on this show. So Trey Zoon, Cam Dewberry, Bryce Foster at center, Layden Robinson at right guard, and Ruben Fothery at right tackle. Fothery, the last housekeeping note, um, we talked about Cam Dewberry mixed in and out with Mark Dubu. Uh, Ruben Fothery has been, he, he's coming back from an injury. He got a little banged up in, at the end of spring, and they're kind of slowly working him back. So uh, Chase Basantis has been taking some reps at that right tackle spot while we wait for Fothery to come back. I um I'm not concerned about Ruben Fothery getting back and, and and being ready to rock for the season. I mean, he has he's a big guy, he's a good sized offensive lineman, which you like to see. Um, so that's the little housekeeping notes on this offensive line. But I think that when you look at this offensive line, I wrote down some names here, and I want these names to kind of be a, a, a example of why this unit can be so good. So we've got our starters. We listed that off. Mark Nabu, Chase Basantis, Jordan Moko, Remington Strickland, TJ Shanahan, Finn Durston, the Boston College transfer, Aki Ujinbayi, and then Demetrius Cronover. Folks, okay, let's see. Blue chip, blue chip, blue chip. I mean, this is talent all around. And the best part about this is, I think you'll see it a lot of schools. An offensive lineman will get banged up, and and you'll look at the at the their backup offensive linemen. Not of them are perhaps the right size. Not all of them are, are in SEC football shape based on where their weight is. All of these guys are massive. Every one of these guys can come in for one of these starters, and I don't think you see that big of a drop off. So that is the first pro to this offensive line. The second here, you had a lot of dudes banged up last year. You lose Bryce Foster, Trey Zunes banged up. I mean, I mean, and so that's that's the guy I've been seeing the most people not fans of it is Trey Zune. I mean, he's a big guy. I like I like big guys when it comes to offensive line, especially tackles. And he was banged up last year, folks. I think you got to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Seeing some some pads popping, some videos from practice, some stuff at, at fall camp. And he looks good. I so I, I'm somebody commented the other day, and, and and this was a great a great argument, but saying just let Chase Basanta start. And I kind of said back, I was like, would you want to let Trey Zune start the New Mexico game before the Miami game, see how he does, and then if it doesn't go well, put in Basanta, or would you make the change now? And we agreed on let Zune ride now, and then see what happens, and and potentially make the flip. But that is the argument here. I think that all of these names I have written down here, you can play these guys. A couple of them are tackles. A couple of them are interior guys. But these guys can come in and play, and I don't think it's that big of a drop-off. So that is the argument for this for this offensive line. Texas A&M, you know, it's a school that there's a prestige of great offensive line play for, for years and years. You, I mean, it's, it's a respected position to come from Texas A&M. I mean, they put guys in the pros. It's, it's a great unit for this team. So you want to have a good offensive line at Texas A&M. So PFF, right? And I, it's funny because I missed this. Normally I, I, I see these lists and use them, talk about them. That um, was into July, so it wasn't like forever ago. But um, PFF put out a list of their top 10 offensive line units in college football this year. Now, would I have guessed this? No. 
But Pro Football Focus had Texas A&M as the ninth best offensive line in college football. I was a little surprised by that. A little surprised. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I, I don't know if I fully, fully agree with that. But I also, I don't think you have to be a top 10 unit in college football for this team to make the kind of dark horse run that I've been talking about. But they're there. They're there, and they're only behind three other SEC schools, LSU, Bama, and Georgia. They're also behind Texas, but Texas isn't part of the SEC yet, so we're not counting them right now. But, I mean, if you told me, if you said, Andrew, would you be willing to accept Texas A&M having the fourth-best offensive line in the SEC this season for this potential dark horse run that you you want the Aggies to have this year? Would you accept fourth-best in the SEC for this own line? I would say yes in a heartbeat. I think this unit – now, I get it. There's question marks. I'm not out here saying that there's things I'm not concerned about. I mean, am I stoked about Trey Zune? Am I, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I, I am, folks. I mean, I, I'm. there's concerns across this offensive line. A lot of it, Bryce Foster, buddy, you got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I think he's one of the best centers in college football. I mean, if this unit stays healthy and plays the way that we expect them, I expect them to play – I think this this can be it can be a top ten unit in college football. They've got the size, they've got the athleticism, talented guys out of high school. I mean, I believe all of it, but it has to. You got to stay healthy. That's the biggest key. And I mean, I can sit here and say that all day. Stay healthy, stay healthy. It doesn't matter. You have to do it. They have to stay healthy. It's not up to me. It's not up to them. I mean, you know, it's there's there's crazy injuries that happen on the football field. We all know that. But this unit. I mean, and I think those are my, my two reasons. I think people are getting healthy at the right time. I think you have a list of six to ten guys that could come in, and if there was an injury or if somebody was underperforming, it could come in and be great. So this is a unit, folks, that is going to stand out and impress some people. And you got some young guys in Basantis and Shanahan. We've obviously – Basantis is taking some reps right now, and then Shanahan, Coach Fisher, was talking positives about positives about him at SEC Media Days. But, folks, I think this unit's going to be okay. And and like I say, I don't think they have to be the best in the country for Texas A&M to have a good season on the gridiron. I think they just have to be good, good to great. They don't have to be excellent. They have to be good to great. So, folks, let me know in the comments what your thoughts are on this offensive line. I've seen some. Um, are, are you still out on them? Have, you, have the opinions changed? Is there anybody – on this list I read, and it's not a starter that you'd want to see start. Is there anybody not on this list you'd want to see in here? Let me know your all's thoughts on the offensive line in the comments. That'll be a fun discussion. We'll go back and forth talking about the offensive line. All right, folks, this is a little bit funny. A little bit funny here. There was a list, and it said the most improved units in college football this year or the most improved things in college football this year. And the number nine was the Texas A&M offense as a whole. We're going to talk about that list and the funny things surrounding it coming up right here. I'm locked on Aggies. Folks, it is my favorite part of the day. I get to talk about bird dogs. I love bird dogs. I wear them every day. I now have four pairs. I have a pair of long pants, three pairs of shorts, and then my hat. My hat is in my room. I'm not currently wearing it. I was wearing it on yesterday's episode of Locked on Aggie. So if you didn't catch yesterday's show, go see the 
white tech bird dogs hat because it is an awesome one. But folks, bird dogs, they are comfortable. They're versatile. You can do anything and everything in these shorts. I was just at my buddy Carson's house the other day, had a big old pool party. He got a job and moved away. Had a big pool party, was wearing my bird dogs. You can wear them to swim trunks. You can wear them to the gym. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them absolutely anywhere that you would wear shorts. They are comfortable, versatile, look good, feel good, play good. I love these shorts. I push them on everybody I see. I'll be out getting a drink with, with my buddies be like, hey, you should wear bird dogs. Random people. Love them. They are the best article of clothing I own, and I even love the hat they gave me. So, folks, Bird Dogs is where it is at. You have got to go check them out. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Bird Dogs is where it's at. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college or promo code college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. So, folks, let's go through this list. It's a funny one, okay? This is this is a list I enjoyed, but I, I think it's a meaningful thing here. So, it says most improved in college football 2023. Number one is the Colorado Buffaloes. Based off of some things I've heard about their defense, I would have to disagree there. Uh, number two is the Big 12 Conference. Number three is the Iowa offense. Number four is the USC defensive line. Number five is the LSU offensive line. Number six is Ohio State secondary. Seven is Oklahoma's defense. Number eight is DJ Ungalangale, Oregon State DJ Ungalangale. Number nine is the Texas A&M offense. And number 10 is Florida State recruiting. I don't agree with the DJ Ungalangale. I'm not a big fan of his, but maybe he, I like him. Maybe he can have a resurgence up in Oregon playing for the Beavers. Um, but this Texas A&M offensive line, that list was not made, that list was not made to be a joke. It was made to be serious. I just thought that the DJ Ungalangale Oregon State version was kind of funny. But the Texas A&M offense, I, I think, I mean, I think that you're going to see the transition from the where the numbers were last season to where they're going to be this season is going to be incredible. I think that you're going to see bottom of the barrel to top of the barrel in the SEC purely based off of your weapons developing. You get back Moose. You get back Anias. You got Noah Thomas ready to break out. You got Evan Stewart, who I think is going to be one of the best receivers in college football. You got these running backs primed to break out onto the scene, including Ruben Owens. Connor Wigman is ready to prove that he is the guy. Offensive line is going to take a step forward. And you have Bobby Petrino running the whole thing. I think that this offensive unit is going to absolutely tear people to shreds, put up yards, score touchdowns. It's going to do it all, and it's going to make it easy on Texas A&M's defense, who isn't too shabby itself. So, folks, I mean, this offense, really, it's going it's going to be a unit. I think that's my, like, prediction. I think that the biggest surprise is where I mean, like I can, I already can't wait to talk about this. You know, January, February of of 2024, and talk about the numbers from the 2022 offense to the 2023 offense. I absolutely cannot wait to run through those numbers. I think this offense, and I, I think if you break down the things that have to happen, like we did for the the Aggies to be a dark horse, I think Connor Wigman's got to be great. Running back's got to be good. Offensive line has to be good. And Bobby Petrino's play calling has to be great. If three of those four things happen, I think this this Texas AM offense could be a top 10 
top 15 offense in college football, just based off personnel and the guy that's calling the plays. So this Texas A&M offense is going to be scary. Opposing defenses, beware. Proceed with caution because there is an absolute storm coming your way with the fighting Texas A&M Aggies offense as they come to wreak havoc to your defense and put up a ton of points doing so. Folks, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. I really appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, yesterday was our best ever show. I cannot express to you how much I appreciate you all. Oh, you know what I just thought about? With me recording this, it would be two days ago. So, you know, it was the one where I talked about the unexpected starters. Um, But best show to date. And I just, I couldn't do this without you all. I so, so appreciate you all tuning in. You all make what I do on a day-to-day basis possible. So thanks so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day today. And we will see you tomorrow.